Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. So great to have you all here this evening. Once again, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to share God's message with you all and to start up a series for this month, Glory. Glory revealed in Christ tonight. Glory revealed in Christ. I'll put out my caveat now. If you kind of feel that I'm short of breath and things like that, actually I'm not quite well at the moment, so I'll just um, do my best and I know the Lord will sustain me. And if, if you quietly in your, in your heart pray for me as we um, share God's word, That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. So let's get to it. Um, This word, the glory of God, these words, the glory of God, what do you think about it Um, when you hear these words, glory of God, or when you see these words, the glory of God? Well, I think about God's majesty, his radiance, his presence, the weightiness of God, his substance, maybe the throne room of God, kind of gives me these vivid pictures of who God might be, who God might be. I wonder what you think about, and as God's image bearers, we were made to carry the glory of God. As God's image bearers, we were made to carry the glory of God. And here's the question. Do you carry the glory of God with you wherever you go? Do you carry the glory of God with you wherever you go? You might ask, what does this look like? What is it to carry the majesty, the radiance, the glory of God in our lives? What does it look like for us today? So tonight we're going to examine the passage from John 17. The prayer of Jesus is specially for himself. Now, the Bible has, is filled with great prayers. Prayers of Solomon in 1 Kings, prayer of Abraham in Genesis 18, and prayer of Moses in Exodus 32. All great prayers, but nothing compared to the prayer of Jesus in John 17. So I encourage you tonight, there's two things I'll encourage you with. Firstly, go and read chapters 13 to 16, and you'll know why. And also, follow up by reading all of chapter 17. Because to put this this prayer into context, this prayer comes at the end of a lengthy discourse between Jesus and his disciples. After Jesus' The Last Supper washing his, the, his disciples' feet, Jesus goes into this lengthy discourse with his disciples of the things that is about to happen. He talks about Judas's denial, sorry, betrayal, and Peter's denial, and talks about and explaining way, the way to the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, and the work of the Holy Spirit, and finishing off in chapter 16 with... The disciples' grief, how they will be saddened with the events that is about to unfold, but how that will eventually turn to joy 
And after all is said, Jesus turns his focus to heaven in the presence of his disciples for them to hear, for them to experience, and for them to see. And he prays. And Michael is going to read for us John chapter 7 in verses 1 to 5. A reading from John chapter 17 verses 1 to 5. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that, you, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Thank you. After their lengthy discourse of what has taken place, what will take place, and what is yet to come, Jesus looks and prays, Father, the time has come. Time has come to glorify your Son, that he may glorify you. The word glory in this sentence, doxazo, can have the meaning to magnify, to extol, to praise, to do honour to, to make glorious, to cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to become manifest and acknowledged. But in the Gospel of John, there is another meaning of the word glory, and it has to do with the way God is made known to humanity. The glory of God is the way in which God himself has been revealed to humanity so that we might know him. So if I could translate the first verse that Michael has read beautifully, Father, the hour has come. May you be made known through your Son, that your Son may reveal you in and through him. That God is made known to us in and through Jesus. Why? In verse 2 he says that Jesus might give eternal life. That he is the source and the nature of eternal life. For God granted Jesus authority over all humanity that Jesus might give eternal life to all those God has given him. He goes on to pray that now this is eternal life, that they know you, that the disciples, that the future believers know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom God has sent. Let's pause for a moment. Jesus explains to his disciples in chapter 13 to 16 of all the things that is going to happen and that will happen. And he explains all the things about how to stay connected with him, how to stay, stand firm in the times of the persecution that will come, in all the things that you will experience, helping them to understand and internalise the truth of what was spoken to help them to know you, to know God 
by revealing these things through his son. And what is yet to come, the crucifixion, and it is through this that eternal life is given. Jesus explains all of this. That's why I say read chapters 13 to 16. He explains all of this. And now he is praying in the presence of his disciples and saying, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to have eternal life. Know me, know my Father. The Father has given me all authority over humanity. And the Father has been revealed to you all. Has been revealed to you all. For eternal life is found in an experiential knowledge. Greek word gnosko of God and revealed in Jesus Christ. The Greek verb for knowing used in this context is in the present subjective tense. Don't ask me what that means, right? But... It means that the knowledge of God is a growing experience, right? It's a growing experience. The salvation is not just a one-time experience, but an ongoing process of change and an intimate relationship with God. It's an ongoing process. It doesn't stop at once. It doesn't say, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ and I accept him as my Lord and Saviour. It doesn't stop there. Your salvation, my salvation continues on. Eternal life is an ongoing process of change, of transformation and intimacy with God. It's a relationship with the creator of the universe. It's mind-boggling that the creator of the universe would want a relationship with me. And as we receive this eternal life, God calls us to be the carriers of the glory of God in this present time. So how has Jesus glorified God, revealed God to us that we may know God and have eternal life as we have heard and seen in this passage? Well, there were many ways, but let's have a look at three ways in which God the Father has been revealed to us through the Son during his ministry here on earth. First of all, God has been revealed to us by God's power being revealed in Jesus Christ. God's power was revealed in Jesus Christ. During his public ministry, Jesus taught what God wanted him to teach and perform the healings and other works that God wanted him to perform. And according to John's Gospel, Jesus made the divine power visible by the miraculous signs and wonders he performed. He starts off his ministry by turning water to wine at Cana. And he ends his ministry by raising dead Lazarus to life. And by other miraculous acts and wonders in accordance with God's will, Jesus glorified, Jesus revealed the power of God in his ministry. 
Jesus made God known to us by revealing the power of God. Secondly, Jesus made God known to us by revealing God's divine mission. Verse 4 says, Jesus says that he has glorified God, made God known to us on earth by finishing the work that God gave him to do. By means of his crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection and ascension, Jesus has revealed God's mission of redemption and salvation for all humanity. The Greek word for finish, teleu, the word, the very word that Jesus will utter at the time of his death when he says, it is finished on the cross. Jesus glorifies God on earth. He reveals God on earth by accomplishing God's mission. He glorified God by the crucifixion that completed God's mission for the salvation of humanity. And lastly, God's divine love was revealed in Jesus. Now, if we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, the passion narrative, the crucifixion is framed around with displays of divine power. You know, there's eerie darkness and visible signs of supernatural force and the dramatic tearing of the temple curtain by the hand of God. And in, in the Gospel of Matthew, we read about earth quaking and the saints rising on Good Friday. But the irony is that in the Gospel of John, none of these powers are visible or we can read of them. In John's Gospel, the glory of God, God has been made known to us by conveying the divine love of God on the cross. John shows us the divine love that was shown on the cross. The crucifixion completes Jesus' work of glorifying God on earth by laying down his life. He gives himself completely so that the world may know of Jesus' love for God, the Father, and the Father's love for the world. The crucifixion revealed to us the depth of divine love. And Jesus made God known to us by revealing God's love for us. Well, the glory of God was revealed in Christ through God's power, through God's mission, and God's love revealed in Christ. So how do we apply this truth of the glory of God revealed in Jesus Christ? These three things as image bearers of God, being called to carry the glory of God. Well, the word incarnate revealed God through his power, his mission, and his love for humanity. And we too are called to do likewise. We glorify God as believers. We glorify God as we reveal the power of God in our lives. 
We glorify God by displaying His power in His in our lives, even in times of trouble, even in times of sorrow, in our struggles. It is His power which is displayed in our lives, which glorifies God. We live with the resurrected power of God in our lives, not as those who are beaten, but one who is victorious, because our Lord is victorious, and he calls us to live a victorious life. We all have personal struggles. We all have issues. Jesus said, you will have struggles. You'll have problems in your life. World gives us solutions, how to cope with it or how to escape from it. But the Lord says, actually, when you face, when you are faced with these struggles, you actually come to me, run to me. And in your weakness, my strength will be shown. My power will be made evident in your weakness. When we feel powerless, when we feel hopeless, that is the time that we run to God. And that is how we reveal the glory of God. That is how we carry God's glory in our lives, by showing God's power in our lives. Secondly, we participate in the mission of God in our lives. We glorify God by making him known to all those who God places in our path, in our daily lives. It is through your lives, through my life, in our words and in our deeds to reveal the living, resurrected Lord, Jesus to others, to save souls We continue on that mission. We participate in the mission that God has already started. Easter is coming, and Graham mentioned that Dan challenged us a couple of weeks. Who will you invite? Well, when Franklin Graham came, he handed out one of these cards, right? It says, Be an Andrew, right? Not literally be an Andrew, but Andrew of the Bible, okay? There's four simple steps. Four simple steps. Pray. One, pray for the individual that you want to invite. Right? Spend time with that person. Introduce Jesus to that person. And invite them to an event. Well, what a great event. Easter services is coming. What a great event. Clash your convictions. What a great event. Alpha. All of these things are happening right here. And we don't know how God is going to touch their lives, but an invitation has to be given. I know some of you sitting there came to meet the Lord because of an invitation. Because of an invitation. Not all all of us would have been born into a Christian family. I know I wasn't. I wasn't born into a Christian family. Actually, we weren't even a practicing Buddhist when we first came to Australia. But when we faced difficulty, an Australian newlywed couple decided to pack us into their small Suzuki. It's illegal now because you know, we didn't put on any seatbelts then. 
And every Sunday they would take us, and we didn't understand English at that time, and they took take us to this place and we didn't know. We didn't, Mum and Dad probably thought it was some cult that they were taking us. But I remember it's Linwood Senior High School. And there was an American missionary who came out to Perth. And it was by invitation, even though we did not understand. But Dad was saying, well, I think this is, this is a place called a church. It was an invitation. It, well, they... They, because of the uh, legal ramifications, they actually got rid of their car, even though they only had $200 in their bank account, and they changed their car so that they could take us in the Kingswood. Right? So they changed their car just for us so they could take us on Sunday, every Sunday, even though we did not understand. And well, here I am. Invitation matters. Think about it. Pray on it. Who will you invite? Carry on the mission of God. Continue to do that work, glorifying God in your daily lives by inviting someone, having someone in your heart, in your mind, to pray for them, to connect with them, to invite them. The first time might not work. They might not give their life to God the first time. But pursue them. Persist. Because you will have the fruit. Rachel said goodbye. Rachel's my wife, for those you don't know. Said goodbye to her uncle this uh, past Tuesday morning. It was sad to see him go, but we know where he is. He's with the Lord. Because a week before, my mother-in-law audaciously went to him and said, you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And he did. He said yes. So before he died, a week before he died, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Saviour with tears and with regrets. And he told stories of why he refused to become a Christian. Invitation matters and we glorify God by continuing on the mission in our lives. Thirdly, we share the love of God in our lives. We share the love of God in our lives. We glorify God by loving God and loving our neighbour. What does that look like? Well, God is a relational God, isn't he? We love God by spending time with him. How often... And every time I come up, I'm going to say this every time. How often do we spend time with God in Scripture? How often do we actually read what's in here and internalize it and make it ours? To actually, everything that we say, everything that we think about, actually overflows from our interaction with the Father, with a special revelation that is given through the Holy Spirit. And what does loving our neighbours look like? Well, if the world says it's all about you, loving our neighbour means actually sacrificing of ourself. I sacrifice my time, my all, because I love. I honour others above myself 
That is the true way of actually showing love to my neighbour. Jesus explains many ways that we can show our love for our neighbours. He explains it. Once you read it, once you meet him, don't start at chapter 13, maybe start at chapter 1 and go all the way through as we prepare for Easter. Well, here's the question we started with. Do you carry the glory of God everywhere you go? As the image bearers of God, we're called to do that. We're called to do that. Now, our loving Lord, do not leave us to do it on our own. He has given us the Spirit, but he also went before us. He actually lived the life and modelled it for us to live. He doesn't leave us as orphans, and he doesn't leave us to do it on our own strength, in our own ways. He has actually modelled it for us. We only need to follow in his footsteps. Jesus gave the greatest sacrifice, greatest sacrifice for all humanity, that we may glorify God by living the life that he has called us. Glorifying God through the power of God in our lives. Continuing on the mission and loving others. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much that your son came and revealed you, Father, to us. That we may know you, Lord that we may be in relationship with you, that in every step of the, the way in our life journey, Lord, we're not there by ourselves. We're not alone. You are there. You modeled it for us, that we may live a life which glorifies you, which honors you, Lord. And Father, as, as we go today and as we take this message with us. Lord, help us to internalize this truth. Help us to continue to live a life that reveals your power in us. Help us to continue to invite those that you place on our hearts to come and know the living Jesus. And help us to uphold others, Lord, Help us to love others. And we cannot do this in our own strength, but it is by power of the Holy Spirit that lives and indwells it within us that we are able to do all these things. And we thank you, we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 93291777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.